The Sour Hour is meant for the serious brewer. The Sour Hour may contain some seriously funkified content. The Sour Hour is not for the faint of heart. So exercise some damn discretion, would you please? Sheesh. And now, here's the Sour Hour with Jay Goodwin. That time again, back on the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. I'm your host, Jay, here in the Brewing Network studios in downtown Concord. Thanks for turning that back up, Scott. That was like fading out too fast. Scott's here. (laughs) Still not clear to me if we're allowed to be playing this, but enjoy it while you can. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'll just uh, get at that a little bit off the top. Um... Uh, this is real back of house stuff, and I don't want to bore uh, you, our loyal listener, with some of these things. But uh, there's some kind of just like podcasty changes going on for us mm-hmm. on the, uh, I guess, production side, and you know, just how 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 we do this at the Brewing Network side of things. So you'll notice some changes as. Uh, as you listen to some of these more recent episodes of the BN shows, you know we're hoping it's all for the better, and uh, yeah, should be should be cool. But you'll you'll notice some some slight differences, and you know the breaks and the uh, you know how you can listen to supporting our sponsors and yes. things like that. But we, uh, I'll just say live right now, please still you know continue to support our sponsors. That's the lifeblood of this network. We need it, um, so. Definitely make sure you're even, you know, as Justin used to say on uh, the session, I think, you know, just even just reaching out with a quick email saying thanks for, you know, sponsoring this show or that show. I mean, let's be real. This is the only show you listen to on the BN. (laughs) But, you know, if you make a mistake and start listening to another show, whoops, hit the wrong download, then you want to, you know, contact one of those sponsors. That would be fantastic. Um, And we appreciate if you buy from them, too. That's the idea. Absolutely. Email, emails, like you said, you know, even a social media comment. Any, free. Any, yeah. yeah, exactly. Any one sentence line you drop them goes a long way. And that, you know, what we're just trying to do here is not just, you know, make these shows continue to air for you guys. And like you said, the lifeblood that keeps those shows airing is, are the sponsors, mm-hmm. especially repeat sponsors that have been around for, for so many years supporting the network and how important it is to continue supporting them. Also, just sort of modernizing our sound. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's what Justin was saying. We're, as as part of some of these changes in the way we're structuring breaks and our, our platform, you know, we're we're not really doing radio shows anymore. I mean, we've just been in that mindset for so long with just structuring everything like an FM radio show because all those years ago, that's the world Justin and I came from. Sure. And but that's just not the world that we, we broadcast in anymore, and it hasn't been for a while. Mm-hmm. And so you know, that's just that's sort of the impetus of why we're making some of the changes that we're, we're making and some of the differences that you will hear are a result of that. It's just 2019. For sure. And, I mean, I, I don't think anyone would, uh, from the outside looking in, would tag you guys as, like, uh, fossils or, like, podcast newbies. Like, quite the opposite, right? But really, at your heart, you and Justin are, you know, big, excuse the, uh, the term, because it'll be confusing, but radio heads, you mm-hmm. know, really loving broadcasting and live and all this stuff. That's right. And He's kid A and I'm kid B. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
and <laughs> and uh but i mean you know you've been pioneers in podcasts all this time simultaneously of you know still trying to hold on to that part of it too right so. doing it as podcasts but just as if we were still doing the radio shows but it's just time to move on to podcast only in, yeah. in hearts and in minds big big boy pants time that's right exactly <laughs> the we more, were, uh, the more huggies potty training ah, get it p-o-d-d-y <laughs> i got you i'm picking up what you're putting down there you go all right. Well, uh, we've got a great show tonight. Uh, we're going to do a Q&A show. It's been a little little while, so it's going to be fun. Uh, it's been less of a little while since our last show. We had uh, Fal Allen from Anderson Valley Brewing Company, noted author of uh, Goza, amongst uh, other things. I think also Barley Wine and many, many articles uh, on brewing. So go back and check out that show. It was fantastic. And Val was in studio with us and had brought a lot of great beers. We thank him for his time. Uh, what else? Still feedback. We will love your questions. You know, I, I got to say, we've done such a good job answering questions. Scott, mm-hmm. you yeah, and I, we have. we're really crushing it. Killing it. That we're running a little low. So, you know, email Scott at the Brewing Network.com, Jay at the Brewing Network.com. This time around for this QA show, uh, I flew up uh, a flyer on the Milk the Funk Facebook group. Uh, shout out to Milk the Funk. And uh, got a lot of great questions from that. And that's where we're drawing a lot of these from. But, you know, if you want to skip the line and be on any show, just shoot us that email you know i think part of why the, the a we've answered a lot of questions like you said but b also you know people are looking for of course real-time feedback mm-hmm. you know they don't want to necessarily wait a month two month a year or you know sometimes we don't get to questions until much later sure. and you know people want answers and so they go to you know the web or milk the funk mm-hmm. you know and I, I told, and what I would say is throw the question to us in an email also, because it's not just going to help you. It's going to help other people who have the same questions that you do. And you sure go, go, milk, go ask in your questions in real time. Also, yeah. but you sort of do both. And that way you can a hear Jay address it. B other people can hear Jay address it. Mm-hmm. Even if you already got your answer two months ago, cause you purchased on, on the, whoever's the on the show that the time. Guests, sure. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe like, you know, it's it's less about hey, um, I'm transferring from this fermenter to keg today, but the gravity is at this, and I'm worried about stability. Maybe you know, to be frank, maybe we're less capable of you know being the best resource for that type of question. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, uh, I think I said this on the air uh, a while back, but no, I, maybe I didn't. But I think this a lot where. Not to make our goals here too lofty, but I think if there's um, an analogous kind of forum, it's more like TED Talks kind of. I think the the guests we have on the show kind of propose big ideas, have a lot of time to thoroughly discuss things in in depth. It's not like a quick question and answer. So those are the I think best kind of questions for us to discuss, whether it's just a Q&A show like this or not just a Q&A show. It's the best <laughs> show of all time. But, you know, when we have a guest on, too, they can give their kind of take on the, the broad strokes of what's going on in the in the sour beer world. Amen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. So email us. Watch thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV. Listen live on the Brewing Network app. Just search BN Mobile wherever you search for things. You can subscribe to the podcast. That would be that would be great. Be if you're wonderful. listening right now and you haven't subscribed, you know, just don't even listen. Just subscribe, please. Yeah. 
<laughs> just click the subscribe button if you, even if you never hear another word. That would be great. Yeah. We're really like providing a low bar. All we ask from you is like <laughs> click one you know, one button. Write one email, click one button, you know. It really helps us, so it thank does. you. Yeah. Uh, leave feedback for us and we'll read your review on the air. And I think on that note we have Review of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> This is from Jay Hates on Kettle Sours Too Much. <laughs> best pot, best beer podcast out there. Three stars, which is max for the style. He says, great show, super informational, occasionally awkward, but in the office TV show type of way. Scott, he spells it with uh, several, uh, about 12 T's, I think. Uh, Scott reminds me of Michael Scott sometimes. Ooh. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. A, belo- I mean, a beloved character. I'm waiting. Know. I'm waiting to see who I am because I, I, you know, I would rather be Michael. He's I the mean, funniest one. Yeah, exactly. You know, and especially. Okay, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say I'm. I'm like season. Maybe Creed. If I, if I get Creed, Creed, then I'll be. <laughs> I know exactly what that smell is. Mung beans. <laughs> it smells like death. I think. Who's I, your worm guy? <laughs> I think I might be. Uh, I'm. I'm hoping at least that I'm. I'm like season seven, Michael. You know, mm-hmm. when he's with Holly, he's much more contented. He, you know, pe- the people sort of love him I now. Think you, are. <laughs> you know, you know, he's, he he was awkward and that, but now he's a little better. You know, anyway, uh, he he does offer Jay hates on kettle sours too much. Does does offer a rejoin suggestion, which we appreciate a lot. But we're not going to be doing the rejoin suggestions any longer due to the fact that the artists who do those songs apparently don't want us to play them. Well, yeah, yeah. Metallica reached out, yeah. and they were complaining. Yeah, La- Lars Ulrich at gmail.com, and he was like, hey, what are you guys doing, man? Knock it off. Now, we're going to be uh, culling from a, uh, a wonderful, in air quotes, wonderful, uh, stock of uh, songs that, you know, mm-hmm. that will be good. It's really terrific. Scott, yeah. Scott and I were talking about that uh, off air, but more on that later. That's going to be fun. It's going to be great fun. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, but yeah, we you know we love to know if you have a song you like, but we won't play it on the air. So if you have some in the chamber, that's fine. Go ahead and let us know, but you know you won't hear it. Unfortunately, you will not. Uh, thank you for the review. Jay hates on Kettle Sours too much. Uh, you don't have to repeat that because <laughs> that's a total troll job. <laughs> All righty. All right. Um, so this is a question and answer show i just want to remind people that questions on this show are brought to us by dr lambic and his team at sourbeerblog.com check out the articles on sourbeerblog for a great written resource devoted to teaching you and us and me and scott uh, how to brew and blend sour beer at home and now sour beer blog more than now ongoing it's been it's been happening it's a thing. They have opened up a brewery and tap room in central Pennsylvania. Mellow, Mellow Mink. Mink. Brewing at MellowMink.com. We also have some beer open. Mm-hmm. We do. From uh, the great state of Iowa. Yes. Single Speed Brewing sent us a whole bunch of cans, and we appreciate you guys very much. Rachel Beck. Uh, and the crew out there at Single Speed uh, sent us a cup, well, a lot of different beers. In particular, uh, uh, Rachel was stoked on the uh, Ring Around the Goes, which mm-hmm. is currently in our glass. That beer won them a bronze medal in last year's World Beer Cup, and you can taste why. This is a passion fruit guava, uh, and of course, sea salt. Uh, contemporary Goes, they call it, Ring Around the Goes. Awesome branding, super cool looking, yeah. and wonderful beer. Yeah, super good. Waterloo, Iowa, if you're in town. 
So can thank we, you. Can we open the other one? Too? Yeah, we've got the other. So I don't the uh, the coconut migration IPA that Rachel had had uh, mentioned also in this email uh, is in my fridge. I brought a couple of the sour beers that you that you that you guys sent. So the other one I got here is the American Kettle Sour. She brought two cans out of twenty four. Uh, forty eight. <laughs> Uh, it is the it, and also you know weren't we doing this on the show just a few shows ago the the uh, a one a two a three the tootsie roll uh, we thing? might have been but I'm I, pretty sure I don't we know were. what you're talking about Scott because I don't see any brand confusion between tootsie <laughs> and this label at all I know, right and I just want that for the record uh, yeah for the record there's an absolutely no uh, similarity at all this is an American style kettle sour and it is called. A tahu, I think. <laughs> I, I think I wouldn't have said it like that, but you. <laughs> it says it on the can. Well, it, sa- it says a two who, who, but you you've pronounced it correctly. It's in the, okay, you're right. I'm right. You're yeah, right. You're right. Okay, but it's in three separate words. How many sips does it take to get to the bottom of a can of oh a tahu sour ale? I'm reading off the can. <laughs> Maybe the, we shouldn't. The, the, <laughs> This is on you guys' single speed. The delicate layering of raspberry, cherry, vanilla, and cocoa within this liquid results wow. in an ale so enticing the world may never know. Oh my god! And uh, it's a, try it, guys. It's like a, it's it's like something that uh, is it liquid tea roll? <laughs> I, I'm not going to say no, that. You can't say it. Mm. Oh my god! It totally <laughs> is. Whoa. Awesome. Hey, great beers, uh, Rachel, and single speed. Well done. It does not remind me of anything, but good job. <laughs> Just, yeah, it doesn't, it's not a, evocative of anything at all that we can think of, but uh, I've already had a one, a two, three sips, and it's only been like 10 seconds. All right. We got more cans, too, that we'll try later. So thanks again, and uh, let's get to some questions, yeah? Sure. Let's do one and then let's, do a break. We'll do one. We have some beer. We're doing I mean, sorry, one. I have some food here that we should eat. Let's just yes we do. Let's just start right at the top here with Nick Heggie. What uh, best practices and tips and tricks do you have for bottle conditioning a mixed culture beer versus a clean beer? Are there any differences or are they the same school of thought? He's asking for a homebrew level and also at scale. Cool, totally different uh, in my opinion. I would say without going into uh, a ton of detail, check on the Rare Barrel blog. We do a process that now we refer to as taser, but originally it's, uh, boy, now do I even remember what we used to call it? We had uh, uh, Dr. Matt Bachman on, and we talked about his method, and we called it oh, the, terminal the, acid Terminal shock. acid, yeah. I was, I was yeah. right there. It was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, that was what he called it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I should say, yeah, not we. <laughs> uh, so he's got a study on that that you can uh, probably find out there. And essentially, you take a like a 24-hour step uh, to take your yeast, introduce it into whatever sugar you're going to be packaging with, and do that in the presence of uh, acidity, whether that be the sour beer that you're going to be packaging. Maybe you just want to use lactic acid or citric acid or something like that. But... You let it go overnight, make sure it can re-ferment a little bit of sugar, and then you use that culture to put into your larger sour beer and then add your priming sugar to that. It's kind of like a proof of concept step before you just put yeast into a, a harsh environment. So look up Terminal Acid Shock, and it's also there's a blog post about it on our therearebarrel.com slash blog. And there's like many, many steps. Adapt it to your own use and... 
I think that's the the best place to start. You hadn't you didn't start doing this right. You only started doing it after Doctor Matt's paper, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. and that was so you did what like a, almost two years of production without this method or, or close to it. Yeah, yeah. What are the differences you notice with, with pre and post? Oh man. Well, we had a, we would have uh, we had we had good success, but now things are a lot better. They turn around the the conditioning is a lot faster. The cleanup of off flavors is faster. Like how much faster? Half the time. So what versus what? Well, we used to do eight week hold no matter what, and I would say half of our beers were ready at eight weeks, and then half were not. And now it's gotten so much better that we've changed our process to. Once we get to full carb, then we put it on like a weekly or biweekly watch from there. So beers are getting released sometimes as quickly as five weeks. Wow, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. I, I recommend it. And uh, it's just a little more work. And But if you have a sour beer and you take all that time to make the beer, why not just take one day to make sure that it actually carbonates in the bottle? There's no beer you're making where you aren't doing this, right? It's across the board? Uh, yeah. Is there a we sip- have Force Carp some beers now recently, our sour no, IPAs. IPAs. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about doing a still beer today. But I don't Whoa. know if that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, that would be, let's see, Rare Barrel 2019 Grand Cru? Uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that? <laughs> sure. But don't quote me on that because that's not real yet. Okay, yeah. All right. Should we take a break? Absolutely. Let's do it. We'll be right back with more of your questions. This is the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. Hey, this is Andrew from Modern Times. And, oh, let me start over. Do I say one, two, three? Hi, this is Andrew from Modern Times Beer. Uh, I'm on the Sour Hour. Please. <laughs> hey, this is Andrew from Modern Times Beer. You're listening to the Sour Hour, or Skin Contact isn't just a frame of mind on the okay, one more time hey this is andrew from modern times beer you're listening to the sour hour on the brewing network and we care about hops too how did hell i just need you guys to edit this shit a long time andrew <laughs> many many moons <laughs> we're back it's the sour hour wanted to mention uh first off that We've done one segment in one hour so far. <laughs> I'm on pace to be about four hours late for Stone's. So. Oh, my God. Uh, and also that uh, T-shirts, Sour Hour T-shirts, yes. are in the BN store. But the, here's the catch. They're pretty expensive. Yes. How expensive are they? They are, is it 100,000 pennies? I'm no mathematician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems like a lot. No. <laughs> $10 USD. Ten. Dollars, ten bucks. Who the hell sells apparel for ten bucks anymore? What year Bad is it? business people. I know, totally. Justin's like, get rid of it. Uh, Sour Hour T-shirts, guys, are in the Brewing Network store. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a whole bunch of merch that's on that's on uh, fire sale right now. Uh, TheBrewingNetwork.com. Uh, hit the store button. You can find all sorts of cool T-shirts and hoodies and hats and stuff. And of course, Sour Hour T-shirts. 10 bucks. It's a great way to support the Brewing Network all merch. And of course, the Sour Hour t-shirts are a great way to support the show. Rep at your uh, homebrew club meeting or in your cellar or wherever you do beer things. Strip club. If you're in Portland. Or the strip club. If yeah. you're in Portland, that's just, just that's wait, where it goes out. That is, yeah. And wait, wait until <laughs> Serenity is going to be like, where did you get that? She's going to be all over you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Moving, what, moving what, along, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. So we did T-shirts. Uh, we have a, be- a new beer open. We do. From our buddies over at the, the Jack's Abbey uh, Sour Project. Springdale. <laughs> Springdale. You gotta <laughs> look like, at that label. Springfield? Sp- I, I knew it was spring. You know, I'm not good with my, uh, my Massachusetts uh, town names, but uh, yeah, this is great. Pear reviewed, and it's a gorgeous beer. It's wonderful. Very good. Want to thank Kat for sending in uh, an awesome care package of mm-hmm. uh, b- of beautiful bottles. And this beer is this is the first one we've got open. I've got a whole bunch more in the cold box. You know, at his house, n- at my house. Yeah, in the cold <laughs> box that is not here. You know, one of my one of my favorite things to do on this show is to bring in beer from breweries that send in beer generously mm-hmm. and drink them on shows where we have other brewery guests. Oh yeah, that are best. like waiting in the. They're like, can we drink our beer now? Yeah. And I'm like, no. But here we have the Q and A show. So I figured it was a great time to just bring in a whole a whole lineup of awesome beers that I've been saving to drink on the air with you guys mm-hmm. that you all have uh, so generously sent in. So thank you very. Oh, and they hung out at the Rare Barrel. They, they did. Yeah, the we walked around. Out. Yeah, we were hanging out. Um, some down at uh, Firestone. Yeah, as the well. Invitational. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, and you know maybe we'll see them on a future question mark. Yeah, this is cool. It's, that's it's no wonder they got invited. This beer is just absolutely amazing. It's super duper good with pear and cardamom. Mm-hmm. So thank you again, Cat and uh, Springdale, for sending in these awesome beers, and we'll get to more a little bit later in the show. Yeah. Speaking of getting to more. Let's get into more questions, Scott. All righty. One question per hour. <laughs> Josh Kaufman, it looks like he wrote in a bunch of questions. Here's one from Josh. Would love to hear a discussion about educating consumers and marketing of mixed culture beers. Are wine beer hybrids, uh, cocktail-inspired beers, and foodie beers the future of mix, of the mixed culture beer market, do you think? Hmm. That's a big one. To me, I think, and I'm, I'm not a marketing person, but... You're not really a brewer either. No, <laughs> you I got don't your really lackeys do. doing everything. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> you write what exactly checks. would you say you do here? I think uh, you, you when you you sign on the dotted line for all the money that goes out. <laughs> that, that, no, that I outsource certain, that. You, you, outsource you don't do that, that either. Though. Yeah, some guy in <clears throat> India. Um, so uh, I think mixed culture beers. I think a place you have to start, which is always one of the first things you start with as a consumer. I mean. There's the names, there's the brewery name, there's the description, and then there's price. Uh, I think that's, you know, most consumers will never ask a question about that, but they'll scan over it, and that's what they'll see. And how those stick out on most beer menus is price, because there's no word or description that's going to stick out, you know, amongst the other. You, you know what I mean? Like, all the words, this is a weird way to say it, but, like, they all look the same. They blur the together. They're not, yeah. like... It's not in bold because it's a sour beer or a mixed culture beer. Sure. But if you go down the list of prices, Mm -hmm. it's totally feasible that it could be 50% more expensive or even 100% more expensive than the other beers on the menu. So that will turn some people off. That will catch other people's eye. And you have to have an answer for that right at the top, in my opinion. So why is it so much more expensive if it's sour? That seems weird. And you say, well, it's the most complex style of beer that you can make. It's the longest. It takes the longest to make. It's got the highest rate of loss of any style of beer to make. And it's much more like wine than it is beer in a lot of ways when it comes to those things, the aging, the scarcity, and the 
subtlety of flavors sometimes. You know, you can also overpower sour beers more than wine, but that's that's kind of my quick sales pitch. I'll call it the elevator sales pitch, where you only have 10 seconds to... Now it's more than 10 seconds, but uh, you have to link it to price to me. And then if you want to get into, hey, this was... If you have more time if someone's sitting at a bar and then they order it, this was actually, you know, probably what the first beers ever tasted like. And then for many centuries, this is what beers tasted like. And then we've got, we got um, pure cultures and pasteurization and isolation uh, of yeast and refrigeration. And then lagers became the dominant style of beer especially industrial light lagers. And now we've gone the complete other way where beers are very simple and plain and almost tasteless, you know, on, on average, um, for, for the masses, you know, the, the Bud Miller cores, but you know, this traditional beer style is, you know, raging back in popularity, but it's also being innovated. So it's like the oldest possible thing and the newest possible thing, both at the same time. So that's like the medium answer. And then the long answer is this whole podcast. <laughs> Boom. Uh, so what about... <laughs> so then... <laughs> sorry, I was, that was like my mic drop, but these mics are on stands. But Yeah, and I'll, I'll edit in some extra silence there to really let yeah. the point sink in. <laughs> uh, so what about Josh's sort of more uh, finer point here? Uh, wondering what you might predict the future of mixed culture to be. Wine, beer, hybrids, cocktail-inspired beers. You are starting to see more of those things. The rare barrel. <laughs> it's the future. Now, um, what's the future? Man, I, so I don't know. And I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, actually. And I'd be curious you know, if this is just like a thought experiment for Josh or if he is going to apply it practically in some way but you know i've been kind of surprised at what has become popular in beer perpetually you know it's like i just i i'm i'm kind of a a lagger me personally in like my perception of things and then the rare barrel we take we take our time anyway we want to i'd, I'd much rather be like the second person to do something than the first because i'd like to learn and maybe do it really well. Sure. Being first is hard. I mean, that's not, you know, innovators fail often. There's that there's that sort of used car wisdom <clears throat> where you're going to get like a, an Infiniti G35. Well, don't get a 2003. Don't get the first year of it. Get mm-hmm. the 2006, the mm-hmm. one right before they went to the 37. That'll be like everything will have been refined. The technology, they will have n- nailed everything. It's like it's the perfect version. Yeah. You know, have some kink or stammered like out Nissan first. Nissan Leaf. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get a 2015. <laughs> Screw that, man. I got a 2018. Yeah, so I don't know. If I had to like just wildly speculate, which I think is what you're asking for, um, what is going to be popular in mixed culture beers? I mean, fruit's popular. Is wine more popular than other fruit? I don't think so. Like, I think the most popular thing right now is like hazy, sweet, fruity beer. Like the the most things you can put into something so here like you know scott you uh uh, people come into this uh world headquarters to to, uh have some beers and you have some beers on tap in here what goes fastest hazy ipas Mm -hmm. and pliny Mm -hmm. 
So I just think the more stuff you're putting into a beer, that seems to be very popular right now. Yeah, like sediment and general floaties, and it's. No, I, I'm kidding, of course. Yeah, but no. so is that is that one of the things that like, that surprised you? The well, what, the popularity of hazy, hazy, for example. So hazy's popular. Yeah, I mean, I, I when I think about like innovation and what's next, I think about quality more than like styles. You know what I mean? If I was running a beer bar, which I guess in theory I am, you know, I just I'm fine letting consumers tell us where they want us to go. That's very unsatisfying and terrible answer but um beer wine hybrids sure i mean i think we're making some great ones at the rare barrel right now but is it like burning down the house no i mean it's it's like all of our other good beers you know fruited sour beers and i think i think they're fucking amazing but i think a lot of our beers are like that. i think a lot of our beers that don't burn down the house are amazing and are still available for sale Come to the rare bear tasting room, rare bucket. Uh, yeah, so I'm not the best to answer that. That was I spent too much time on that for how little I had to say. I think it's like <laughs> There's a lot of words, but not much. That was, to that say. was a nice uh, filibuster. <laughs> By the way, tune into the Democratic debates tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would I would channel whoever's moderating it, but I can't. I don't have the stomach for it right now. Uh, here's one from Pete. Probably up, Chuck Todd. Up Chuck. I don't know. I don't know what channel it's on, but. <laughs> Pete, I'm going to cut all this out. Pete, uh, <laughs> Pete Halupka says, uh, serious question. Oh, this is a business question. You want to answer a business question? These are sort of nuts and bolts when running a brewery. Okay. Uh, what does cash flow look like? And what kind of business model do you have uh, that allows you to dump 15,000 bottles worth of beer and the glass and the cap? He's like, he's like, I'm not talking smack. I just didn't yeah. really understand it. I'm kind of envious. Oh God! That's yeah. you don't, had me until be, the end. Yeah, don't be envious, Pete. <laughs> don't be envious of either one of us. Believe me. Yeah, bad business, but you know we care more about quality. So, and I'm I'm not going to like uh, you know broadcast the financials of the brewery, but you know we don't compromise on that, and we'll go down we'll go down with the ship if if that's what it takes. I don't intend to do that, but let me see if I can drill down a little bit here. Okay, sure. so drill. when you started. Did you, you must you must have had some loss baked into your to your numbers to your projections. Yes. Did the amount of loss you actually ended up having? How close was it to what you predicted? On aggregate, for the five or six years we've been open, pretty close. Close. So you had baked into your projections, mm-hmm. and it it sort of turned out to be what you expected. So it wasn't like you were like, oh my god, we are dumping way more than we thought. Holy crap, our numbers don't work. It goes up and down though, so it's like really volatile and you know we're not there's no rare barrel yacht and uh i don't know i partied on a yacht with you not too long ago well, that's true it was a fun time that's true pretty sure you were smoking <laughs> a, a cigar and a cigarette at the same time that i have yeah. a picture of you doing exactly that yep uh-huh yep thank you uh but that was his palette is always on point that was a uh for context a party with faction and cellar maker yes it was that, uh we invited what i don't know it was like 300 people onto this boat mm-hmm to sail out onto the bay in between the three breweries for all of our fifth anniversary party. It was a great time. Um, Jay took Uber Copter over to the boat and yeah. landed on the helipad. Pretty sure we lost money on that. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we like to lose money. <laughs> yeah, that's how, right, yeah. We spend money to party. Yeah, so I'll just say in general, um, a question I get a lot on email is like, hey, we're thinking about doing something like you guys are doing love the model of like not doing the brew house probably saves you a lot of money it's like no what no like 
it's hard. It's so freaking hard. I think there are probably it's like the upper point five percent of breweries of the eight thousand to me are like fucking killing it. And then the next five to ten percent are like, cool, you're doing good. Ish. But you had to pay a lot of money to start that. So, you know, hopefully you can pay that off. Yeah, keep, hopefully like, you, you stay the same or, or you know, five so you or ten years. Pay your debt that'd down. be great. Right. And then there's another, the next 20%, and it's like, we'll pay it off in 30 to 40 years. And then the next 20% is, uh, we'll never pay it off, mm-hmm. but we're going to stay in business. And then the next however remaining percent is like, you know what? We're we're not going to make it for the long term, and that's the optimistic hour. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. The, here's the thing, man. If you, I, and I know Pete is not asking this because this is what he's asking, but for for anybody who might be like, you know, if, if the object is making money, really bartending. Trust me. Like I asked, I I I see the payroll numbers. The bartenders make the money. Yeah. You know, I don't know what kind of a, like you know. Well, that's not the life I want. I totally get all that. But if it's just a money thing. Sure. Uh, I'm going to do one day a week, Saturday. That's that's really all you need, (laughs) just the one day. A couple of shifts. Uh, So your projections have been, and and it stayed relatively steady, how much you're dumping. No, no, no. Wildly different. Wildly. Okay. So I know you said said it fluctuated. I said on aggregate, the the percentage over the five to six years is what we predicted our average rate would be. Okay. But no, it's totally different. And is there is there enough of a cushion there that you can when it, when it, you start bouncing off the rev limiter, you can still absorb it? That's how we build our business. We have you know a safety amount of cash on hand, and it's for you know disaster scenarios, yeah. which we kind of have baked in many disaster scenarios. So you know, so if something goes very wrong, we're not like automatically going out of business. Yes, which you know. I don't know what happened in like 1989 in the Bay Area, but I'm sure a lot of businesses went out of business yeah. during the earthquake. Yeah, Loma Prieta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you you mean all businesses, not just like oh, a all, winery all, with all, all the broken bottles. All, all businesses. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, thank you uh, for the question, Pete. Here is let's do one more, and then we'll take a, one more break. Roger Paul. We got another 45 minutes before we need a break, Scott. <laughs> yeah, at this pace, yeah. <laughs> Roger Paul Phelps the third asks about tips tricks three. You down with RP three? Yeah, you know me. Tips, tricks, and experiences canning mixed fermented beers, uh, both bright and can conditioned. Hooey. Well, we're lucky enough to work with a mobile canner who will do that. Um, so we don't have our own canning line. Um, but essentially I'll give you a brief history of time for us to decided that we're going to do sour IPAs. We canned a mixed culture hoppy beer it's probably like a year and a half ago now. And this is on like a very small canning seamer. I wouldn't call it a line. It's like one can at a time. It's totally inefficient, but uh, for production scale. And then we warm stored those cans for a year. Then we had a tasting amongst a lot of other like hoppy mixed culture beers. And I liked ours the best out of all these like very good breweries and very good beers that we had in the lineup and i was like man these really hold up they didn't over carb the hop character changed but it's transformed and great 
Um, if you're going to put a mixed culture beer in cans, I'd worry about over attenuation. We do, we're doing a lot of work on that on our lab side of things. We sell very close to home in very low quantities, and we're warm storing each brand as we go. Just to see what happens? Yeah, we do uh, forced fermentations. Um, so I would take it very seriously, but to be honest, I think I think it can work. I think it can, can get better with time. The only problem with putting mixed culture beer in cans is the price that the customer is willing to pay for a can is not commensurate with the cost of producing that beer flat out. So what's the most you would pay for a 16 ounce can Scott. let's say let's say hypothetically you have a bar and you're going to sell single 16 ounce cans what would you expect them to pay for whatever seven eight bucks yep so uh let's let's say eight bucks so it's 16 ounce cans so it's 50 cents a can and let's talk about the 750 ml bottles that you might sell at said bar what are those range price Anywhere from twelve dollars to fifty, sixty dollars. Yeah, so let's put it at like twenty bucks. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you're getting close to a dollar an ounce for the glass, and you're getting fifty cents on the dollar for the can. Same beer, hypothetically, right? It's just perception of of the can versus glass. Still, cans. People like cans. They sell faster. I don't even think they sell faster because of the lower price. I think that's part of it. But like, people just like cans but they won't pay you know 16 dollars for a six ounce can that's the tough part about having those beers so keep that in mind when you think about that program had any warm storage issues yet no everything's doing great actually what's the longest stuff that's been stored only like what six months other than that original beer i Mm -hmm. said which is like a year and a half yeah six yeah six seven months okay Mm -hmm. and and no problems with either one so far no really good awesome Cool. Uh, break? Yes. We'll be right back with more of your questions. This is the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. Hey, this is Trevor Rogers from DeGard Brewing. You're listening to the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. Also, by the way, Andrew from Modern Times, take note. That was one take Trevor right there. Yeah. <laughs> Just nailing it. Hey, this is Trevor Rogers from DeGard Brewing. You're listening to the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. And then he dropped his headphones and bounced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he also dropped the, uh, the, the the. He did. You know, don't drop the the. Never drop the the. <laughs> All right, more questions. Sure That's thing. Well, in the while we answer these questions, here's what's another. Our, what's beer. that? Uh, man, such an amazing label, Brevis and Brethead. This is from our friends at Monday Night Brewing. Thanks, Aaron, for sending. Aaron sends in beer actually pretty regularly, and we appreciate it just a ton. This is a double dry hopped sour imperial IPA. Wow. Whoa. So let's wow. see if it's if this beer is half as good as this label is. Which has uh, amazing pen and ink drawings of Beavis and Butthead, but they have pig noses. It's not, it's and not them. 
It's not it them. No, it's re- it's has no resemblance or likeness. That's right. Please don't sue us, Viacom. Not us. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> Monday Night Brain. All right. So let me. I'll pour this in one second. Let's read a mm-hmm. question here from. Uh, here's Brandon. Jo- oh, Brandon. Uh, Brandon Jones is asking. Uh, here's br- Brandon. Oh, br- Jo- Jonas? Jo- Jonas? Braindone Jonies mm-hmm. asks, what's it like to hang out with Patrick Mahomes? Well, Brandon knows because uh, he and I met reigning National Football League most valuable player, Patrick Mahomes the second. Well, we were in Nashville for the NFL draft. So I don't know why he's asking that. <laughs> no, it was cool. We were hanging out. Um, went out for the, uh, the Funk Fest at... Uh, Brace the Funk, Yazoo's Sour Arm, that Brandon runs, and had a great time. I mean, Nashville is a wonderful city. Yeah, it was just awesome. Taylor Swift dropped her new album. It was just it was all all great. Or new, her new song. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, everyone out there. It's, it's hard to know these days. You know, it's all just inter- on the internet and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Met Marcus Mariota also. That's uh, it. That's all I got. That's all you got. Here is... Also, I was kind of drunk, so I don't really remember. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't just a big guy? I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a pretty distinct-looking guy, yeah. yeah let, me, let me Google image him real quick. Oh, the first thing that comes up is Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend bikini. Let's Google that instead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a distinct-looking dude. He sounds like Kermit the Frog. He does? hmm Let's listen to him. Yep. Oh, wait. This beer's good. Patrick Mahomes. This is really good. Yes. Monday Night Brewing. Killing it. Okay, here. Let's listen to him. Necessarily a moment where it kind of just clicked and everything started working. I think it was just the progression throughout the year. Uh, Like you said, Coach Kafka worked with me a a lot. And uh, we we really worked the entire year of just making sure I progress and making sure every single week I have a plan and I go through those things. And as the year went on, I started to pick stuff up a little bit faster and a little bit faster to where the, the most last famous week frog went. in the world. Way back there. Yeah. You know, and uh, I like, like to come back every, like every 70 or maybe, maybe every 58 years. Yeah. <laughs> I got to prepare and actually play the game. I, I really could. It is very frog-like, isn't it? Yeah. I was a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Why are there so many? <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Good question, Brandon. Thank you, Brandon, for that nonsense. <laughs> Thank you a lot. Trevor Bonnet is asking, if you had to toss a money value on PH1, the legendary barrel, oh. what would you value it at? Great question. I don't I don't really want to do that because we gave it away. And then I'll just think, oh, that was a mistake. Oops. Um, There's another thing you dumped down the drain. It's more money. Money value. It's got to be more. So I, I won't say any names or anything like this, but I recently came into possession of what I think is a like a really great uh, get when it comes to craft beer history. I was looking for some furniture for my new apartment. Walked through this big, it's almost like an indoor flea market, I would say, um, in Berkeley. It's like 60,000 square foot warehouse. Walk all the way around, didn't find anything I wanted. I'm not that discerning, but. Just <laughs> that much garbage, huh? Well, no, I just, just like, I don't know, just didn't fit or whatever. Meanwhile, Jay was at a homeless encampment. Yeah. Like, it was a flea market. I couldn't so find anything I wanted. So I'm walking out, and it's like, at the exit, there's like these vintage, uh, like, Coke bottles and 7-Up bottles and stuff like that. So those look kind of cool. So I go up. There is a 
with two bottles missing, uh, a case and a wood crate uh, of old beer bottles. And I go up, and on the side it says, New Albion Brewing Company. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought Vinny had already snatched up all the old New Albion <laughs> stuff. And there's 22, like, orig- they're, they're empties, but, uh, you know, 22 original with the labels on bottles in there. And uh, take it up to the counter. Sorry, this is not the question, but uh, take it up to the counter. And there's no price tag on it, so I'm like, shitting bricks. And I get to the I get to the front, and there's a sign that says, "Anything without a price tag or a price tag removed will not be sold." I was like, Fuck. "God damn it!" Get up to the front. I was like, "Hey, uh, I'd like to get this, but there's no price on it." Uh, he's like, "Well, <sighs> I mean, these bottles. People really love these bottles, so I don't know, like." For each one, like a dollar. Wow! Twist your arm, and I'm like, I take a pause. Ooh, yeah. Reluctantly, I will agree. Chill, 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 chill. Cool, 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 cool. Play it cool. And then these boxes. Oh man, people really love these boxes. It's like, man, like twenty bucks. I'm like. All right, it's like 35 for the whole thing, maybe? It's like, um, yeah, all right, 35 bucks. Post it on Instagram. Get a text from, again, unnamed friend in craft beer. Mini Chillers. No. <laughs> He's like, I'll give you $500 for that. Are you serious? Yeah. And I was like. Did you flip it? Oh, snap, snap, uh, snap call, no. No. Text two minutes later, I'll give you $1,000 for it. Are you serious? So if that is worth $1,000, I think wow. PH1's got to be more than 1000 Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, can you imagine somebody offering five grand for that barrel, given, it, given yes. its history? Yeah. Could you imagine someone offering ten grand? It's really thinning out at that, alti- <laughs> yeah. at that altitude. But somewhere in that range. But, yeah, someone would. Someone would. 7500 bucks. I mean, it's somewhere around there. That's ten, 10. I could see someone springing who just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. has yacht parties where they land their helicopter. <laughs> yeah. And and is on like, yeah. uh, what's the what's the show I should be on for getting that thing? The, for which? The, like you get. Pawn Stars? Pawn. Is that what it's called? I pawn think so. Stars? Yeah. It's a funny name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my one Pawn Stars moment. Sorry, that was just like a excuse to say how cool uh, I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a sick <laughs> score for Jay. And this guy thought he, this guy was like, you know, people really likes these. 40 bucks? And you were like, can we do 35? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. All right. So there you go. PH1 is probably worth somewhere around 7, 8 grand, maybe no, 10, 10 grand. I think it would, 10 I grand. Think it would go for 10. Let's, let's settle on that. One final question for this show from, from Nathan Herrera. Instead of pitching more yeast at bottling, could you use bottle dregs? Yeah. There wouldn't be a problem. Great show. With, All right. Uh, <laughs> and moving, yeah. <laughs> there, there wouldn't be a problem with them just not coming back to to life in the bottle. I think you'd want to go back and do that same, like, uh, terminal acid shock or starter kind of situation. So if you, have, if you grow it up into a viable culture so you can put either wort or bottling sugar into the dregs and it's fermenting, like, quickly then it's probably going to ferment quickly in your uh, bottled beer. So I think that could work out well. 
All right. Well, cool. Thank you for the questions, everybody. And uh, thank you again to uh, all the breweries that uh, can have continued to send us uh, awesome beers over the years. And for the What about the outro? What about it? Like, you know, that's, you know. We're cool. Yeah, okay. I've been told we're cool. <laughs> Viacom's letter was not angry, so, you know. Not everyone says that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to all the listeners for all the questions. Thanks to Milk the Funk for supplying the forum. Thanks, guys. Thanks to all the sponsors. Please support them. Thanks to you, Scott. You're welcome. Screw you, Bevo. Until next time, stay smart. Sorry, that was just like a excuse to say how cool I am. <laughs>